Welcome to the Money Hour with Tina Mitchell. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC. The views expressed by the speakers on the following program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC. Now, in the studio, local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome to the Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, October 7th show. I am your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. My goal is to keep you up to date on the latest news and trends in our local economy. Keep me tuned in and I will keep you informed. If you're hearing my show at a different day or time, you're listening to a rebroadcast, you can call the show to ask any questions for the guests that I have on the show today at one 855 411150 Again, that's one 855 411150 or online at com. And the lineup for today's show, I'll be having a panel conversation uh, all about a discussion on automobile appraisal collision and repair. I have John Walker with Walker Appraisal, Mike Harbour with Harbour Appraisal, Paul Vayon with Galileo Law, and Jeff Butler with Howery's Lake City Collision and Collision Consulting. Great information and great guests in studio. For more information on any topics discussed, again, please call the show at one 855 411 Again, that's one 855 411 or online at com. And let's start at the show today with a little money chat. Money. Money. Uh, little market news today. Initial job claims, which measured individual filing and unemployment benefits for the first time, was reported at 260000 last week. This represents a drop of 12000 from the previous report, which was unrevised at 272000 These figures are still screwed due to the hurricanes in both Texas and Florida and will likely continue to be for some time. The Bureau of Labor Statistics job report has been significantly lowered from estimates at only 100,000 jobs created due to the hurricanes. If the job figures and stronger than that, the market will understand that as the job market being really strong because of jobs were created above what's expected, even in spite of the discipline in job creations due to the influence of the storms. If the number comes in modestly benefit expectations, it will likely be discounted given leeway on the markets will will say that the full impact of the storms has not been factored into the estimates. So because of this, there's a better chance that the stock market will not react negatively to the jobs numbers. Last month's numbers of 156,000 new jobs with 4.4 unemployment rates, the market expectations of 100,000 new jobs with 4.4% unemployment rate. On the housing front, some important housing date came out last week. The CoreLogic Housing Price Index showed the home prices rose by 0.9% in August and 6.9% year over year nationwide. The year-over-year rate accelerated from 6.7% last month and continues to show very strong and meaningful appreciation levels. CoreLogic forecast that home prices will rise by 4.7 in year going forward and that they are usually a bit on the conservative side. Now this again is the national average and most likely stronger appreciation here in our Seattle market. Uh, last on a little bit of a news, President Trump has been meeting with some of the possible replacements for the Fed Chair Janet Yellen. Yellen's term is up in February where Trump came extended to her, could extend her term or release her. The current front runner for the job is former Fed Governor Kevin Orsch, who is seen as a much more 
hawkish individual than the dovish Janet Yellen. If you if he were chosen, he would likely be quicker to hike up the rates and have less accommodative monetary policy. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that as well, what happens to the Fed fund rate. And that's the Money Chat for today. Coming up next in the Money Hour, we're going to have a conversation again on automobile appraisal, collision, and repair. So you definitely will want to stay tuned. Right here at 1150 AM, KKNW, after the short break. Are you a woman in business or a brand that wants to help them figure out how to take their business to the next level? Do you have questions about how to effectively and safely use social media to build your brand and business? Are you ready to live your purpose out loud every single day, but not sure how to make it happen? Are you looking to start a thriving business, uncover new ideal clients, or find your dream job? Have you been trying to put your brand story together, but keep getting stuck? Deborah Trapin of D11 Consulting is a well-respected expert who speaks, writes, and consults on the topics of personal brand, digital marketing strategies, and living a fired-up life. Deborah Trapin of D11 Consulting helps entrepreneurs build businesses and lives they love by attracting ideal clients with a solid brand message and simple digital marketing strategies. Deborah Trapin of D11 Consulting is passionate about inspiring entrepreneurs to define their personal brand to build a business and life they love. Deborah Trapin of D11 Consulting is excited to help you get fired up and on your way to building a successful business and life. This is Deborah Trapin of D11 Consulting. To learn more about my firm, connect with me on social media, or sign up for a free consultation, please visit my website, d11consulting.com. Be sure to sign up to fire up on my email list and you will receive a free core values exercise to get you started defining your personal brand and building a life you love. If you prefer email, send me a note at Deborah at D11consulting.com. Again, to learn more about my services, connect with me on social or sign up to fire up, visit D11consulting.com. I look forward to connecting with you soon. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, October 7th show. I provide news on everything money, fresh information on market trends and conditions in our local economy. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. To talk with the guests that I have on the show today, you can call at one 800 1150 or online at com, And we're having a conversation about automobile accidents, the appraisal, collision, and repair. I have John Walker with Walker Appraisal, Mike Harbor with Harbor Appraisal, Paul Vayon with Galileo Law, and Jeff Butler with Howry Lake City Collision and Collision Consulting. Again, you guys, I'm really excited to have a panel conversation, and this kind of hits home a little bit for me. I uh, met John when we had an issue with Dave's car literally exploding, um, which you actually don't see typically except for in the movies, but it did happen, and John really helped me out, and I just thought, you know, I really wanted to share this with my listeners in what you can do if you're not having the success that you feel that you should be having with your uh, insurance company. So very 
very excited to have all of you in studio today. Thanks for coming in. Yeah, great to be here. Thanks, Ian. And a little bit about each of my guests, John Walker. At 16, John's first body shop job was painter helper at the car dealership. By 21, he achieved journeyman status. He spent a total of 15 years in collision repair industry as a repair technician and general manager. To this day, he is very fond of the auto body industry, but has concerns about some influences that have reduced vehicle repair quality and safety. John worked 11 years in the insurance industry, and then in 2001, he left the insurance industry to pursue being in business for himself as an independent expert. As an expert witness, John has been instrumental in helping a variety of clients with collision repair and market value disputes, loss of use and diminished value. John is a genuine car guy. Also, Mike Harbour with Harbour Appraisal. Mike is a public adjuster and consumer advocate. He is an expert in diminished value, loss of use, total loss claims, auto body repair, and insurance claim practices. He owned one of the largest body shops in Tacoma, Stroud's Auto Rebuilt, for over 25 years. Mike has estimated damage of thousands of vehicles and has been doing vehicle repair evaluations and diminished value assessments since 19. 97. Mike has also testified on the amount and existence of diminished value in numerous cases, including Washington Supreme Court. And then we also have Paul Vayon, Galileo Law, Seattle personal injury attorney and diminished value lawyer Paul Vayon has represented severely injured persons since 2004 in claims against insurers, major corporations and government agencies. In and out of court through jury trials and before the Supreme Court of the state, he has prevailed and counseled clients and small businesses in financial crisis, fought for the rights of the accused and victims of discrimination and helped ordinary people who needed justice. Paul wrote a book on property damage claims, authoring the property damage claim chapter in the upcoming new edition of the Washington State Association for Justice Auto Cases Practice Reference Book and Policyholder Side Insurance Attorneys. And we have Jeff Butler uh, with Howries Lake City Collision and Collision Consulting of Washington. Today, Jeff operates Howries Lake City Collision and OEM Certified Collision Repair Center, as well his appraisal and accident inspection company, Collision Consulting of Washington. Jeff inspects wrecked and repaired vehicle to verify correct repairs, right appraisals, and total loss claims, diminished value claims, and dispute repair claims. So I'd like to go ahead and just start out. Let's just say that you've uh, you've had a car accident. And Paul, what if you've had property damage problems and injuries? What would you say to my listener? Well, the majority of my practice involves uh, representing people who were involved in motor vehicle collisions that were not their fault. So that's the frame of reference that I come from in terms of auto cases. In that context, a motor vehicle collision can raise any number of problems for you. Where to get the car fixed, how uh-huh. to get the car fixed right. What kind of rental are you going to get? Will it be comparable to the rental vehicle that you had? After the repair is done, has your vehicle lost value? And 
you know, during that time, uh, if the collision is severe enough or if your body was positioned wrongly or if you or just under whatever circumstances they arise, people get hurt in, mm-hmm. in motor vehicle collisions on, on a spectrum of severity from soreness that lasts for a couple of days to catastrophic injuries. And all of those things can combine at the same time at the beginning of right after this event to leave you to leave the people who've been involved in that collision with no idea where to turn Um, insurance companies are very good at their job Uh, Mm -hmm. they will immediately attempt to set the tone that they are in control of the claims process they will inform people of what their rights are uh, and give them advice about what to do those that's not necessarily the best source of the of where to get that advice certainly not in the long run in terms of protecting your rights and toward the end of the claim uh, if you are hurt it's fairly simple to find an attorney to represent you who, for your injury claim mm-hmm. it's much more difficult to find an attorney to represent you for your entire case uh, my typical advice is that uh, you know, if if I, I I wish that collision victims could be Mirandized, they have the right to remain silent. Anything they say can and will be used against them. Mm. Uh, engaging counsel for a free consultation to find out a good roadmap for your case to find out what your rights are uh, is. An, a, a positive step in the right direction and finding an attorney who is willing to deal with all of the problems that you're facing and not mm-hmm. just pick and choose the ones they want to deal with is the best way to make sure you have all your bases covered. Got it. So, Paul, do insurance companies handle claims based on their merits or their leverage? Uh, leverage. It's, okay. it's entirely leverage. Uh, most of the telephone calls I get, most of the people who come to me asking for help explain how they have gone back and forth with the insurance adjuster either on a collision repair claim, a diminished value claim to a higher end vehicle that had significant damage uh, on their injuries either during their treatment or in trying to negotiate some kind of reasonable compensation for how the collision affected their quality of life and they describe these conversations to me where they go back and forth trying to explain the truth and the evidence yeah. and and you know why they're right and they're getting delays and pushback from the insurers that just isn't making any rational sense. The insurers do that on purpose. They know they don't have to pay unless someone makes them pay. Mm-hmm. So one of the strategies insurance companies use is just to grind people down and assume that through attrition, a, a significant number of claimants are not going to push the issue and not going to assert their rights. So they have that leverage because it's difficult to extract the benefits that you're owed from your own insurance company, from another party's insurance company, sure. and they'll take advantage of that. So what if you're getting the runaround from your adjuster? That's to be expected. Uh-huh. Uh, don't don't take it personally. Uh, so the, it's kind of like they're set on a compensation plan or something, you know, based on. I don't know if it. I I I don't think individual adjusters, uh, for the for the most part, are on 
some kind of compensation plan uh-huh. about how little they can pay. That kind of institutional bad faith uh, percolates up here and there, but by and large, it's not a good idea for an insurance company to institute that kind of program. Of course, um, they can get they can get in big trouble for it, but. Hey. On an institutional level, uh, the longer a claim can drag out Uh and the more an adjuster can give someone the runaround, the more likely that person is to just give up, um, get tired, not continue to assert their rights. So if you're getting the runaround from your adjuster, either get help, find an attorney, find a public adjuster, uh, or... Be persistent. Be determined. Yeah. Um, be ready to fight. Be very good to go back and forth. Uh, John. Yeah, I wanted to add, and, and by the way, thank you, Tina, for having me back on the show. Of course, thank uh, you for coming back. You know, I'm only going to speak from experience mm-hmm. and the the truth of my experience in 11 years working in the insurance industry. Um, two of the companies I worked for incentivized us to. Um, pay so as then, little, pay so as then, my <laughs> joke there was not really a joke. Correct. I, I had uh, I, I had several paychecks that had to do with performance that the company achieved yeah, wow. for their uh, adjusting and the, the their you know claims payout. Uh-huh. And uh, I I counted on those annual checks. One company was a monthly check, but nevertheless it it happened, and I experienced that. So. How could you not be incentivized to try yeah. to squeak every dollar you could? No kidding. So, Jeff? Yeah, quick chime in there. Um, years ago, I interviewed uh, Professor Jay Feynman. Uh, Rutgers University wrote a book called Delay, Deny, Defend, uh-huh. Why Insurance Companies Don't Pay Claims and What You Can Do About It. And the, the number one thing he said about that book, uh, advice to consumers, is keep in mind the relationship with your insurance company is a business relationship. They yeah. will treat it that way. Yeah, interesting. So, uh, Mike, I'd like to ask you a question on, you know, um, if a claim starts out smoothly, does that typically mean that it's going to continue going smooth throughout the process? If you do what they say, if yeah. you if you take what they offer you and you don't make waves, then it will usually go pretty smooth. But that usually <laughs> means that you're getting the short end of the stick. Um, if, yeah. So if, if it's going smoothly, that means you need to shake things up a little bit because that you should be deserving to get more than what the what they're offering? Well, the problem is most consumers don't know what they're entitled yeah. on a claim. They, they don't know what the policy says. I mean, how many people read their insurance policy to sure. even know what it covers and what it doesn't cover? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's where, you know having somebody that's an expert, whether it's an attorney or a public adjuster or somebody that's just an expert in the field, provide you assistance in determining just what are the elements of your loss and what are you entitled to collect. Yeah, and that uh, makes total sense. So, Mike, can you explain what the public adjuster is? Well, a public adjuster uh, will, and the way it's defined in the RCW is um, a public adjuster will represent the financial interest of an insured. Okay. It's a quasi-attorney in a way, and I, we've got an attorney here, so I don't know if I'm going to get slapped or not. But Paul will chime in if if he disagrees. An, an attorney <laughs> can rep- represent a client in any type of a situation, but a public adjuster can only represent 
the insured with their insurance company. Okay. So if you were, uh, somebody ran into you and they damaged your car, um, then you are sometimes maybe at the mercy of their insurance company and that's where you need an attorney. And one of the things we always recommend is that you use your own insurance company mm-hmm. when you have a claim because there's a contractual obligation for your insurance company to treat you with good faith and fair dealing. The other person's insurance company doesn't have that same responsibility. And unfortunately, they can do things that uh, could be unethical and even borderline um, borderline against the law. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why you need an attorney. So public offender, public adjuster, any similarity well, there? Well, <laughs> no, I, 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 I wouldn't go that far, but yeah. um, it, it's, it's interesting when you get involved in these cases and you see what uh, the other party's insurance company will do and try to, the way, the methods they try to settle claims, like Jeff said earlier, delay, deny, defend. The longer they can drag things out, make people tired, um, you want to get back to your own life and, yeah. and take care of your, your kids and whatever you're doing. The last thing you want to be doing is dealing with an insurance adjuster and, and, and handling a claim. Yeah. So, Mike, before I take it to commercial, um, so why do you need a public adjuster? Well, you need a public adjuster for somebody on your side. Yeah. You, need, you need somebody that understands the, the policy, they understand uh, the elements of your loss, and they can help you maneuver through that process and take the burden off your back so you're not trying to deal with them yourself. And you can lead your life. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people will end up retaining me to help them in a claim just simply because they don't have the time and they just don't want to deal with it. Because if you don't have the time and you can't deal with it properly, that's how you end up getting short paid. Yeah. So before I wrap this up and take us to commercial, um, any uh, expansion there with you with you guys? A, a public adjuster Jeff. is someone that is going to exploit the benefits under the policy or, or mm-hmm. a lawyer, right? So if you don't know what those are, you're missing out. And I see this yeah. regularly in what I do. You're missing out on the benefits that you're owed and the amount of those benefits. Yeah, thank you. All right, so we're going to continue our conversation uh, here with my panel. We're having a conversation about, you know, what do you do, an automobile accident, the appraisal, collision, repair. How do you really protect yourself by having representation that you need? Uh, Right here at 1150 AM KKNW after the short break. behind in filing your tax returns? Does the IRS claim you owe them money, but you can't pay? Are you getting nasty grams from the IRS? Are you losing sleep? Please know your tax problems can be solved. Work locally and actually meet the person that'll help you with your tax problems and not some faceless national firm. Call None Better Tax Resolution today at 1-844-SOS-1040 for a free confidential consultation. Again, call 844-SOS-1040 today and start fixing your tax problems so you can sleep peacefully. Are you tired of wasting your hard-earned dollars on rent to pay off someone else's home and at the same time losing out on the tax benefits in the process? Kim Frazier with John L. Scott has assisted over 800 individuals and families just like yours in obtaining the dream of home ownership. Kim has been practicing real estate since 2002 and is recognized in the top 1% of all real estate brokers. Kim is well-equipped to assist you whether you are a first-time buyer or a move-up buyer looking to achieve your real estate goals. Hi, I'm Kim Frazier, and I would love to assist you with your real estate needs. Please feel free to call me at 425-209-5638, or you can find me online at KimberlyFrazier.com. 
You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, October 7th show. I provide the news on everything money, fresh information and market trends, and on the conditions in our local economy. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. To talk with the guests that I have in studio today, you can call the show at one 855 411150 or go online at themoneyr.com. And we're having a continued conversation about automobile accident, the appraisal process, collision, repair. I've got four experts in studio that are best suit to give you advice on this. So, uh, John, somebody's had an automobile accident. What do they do next? We talk about an independent appraiser. Well, if I'm asked the question, what do I do next, which Mm -hmm. doesn't always happen that way because typically the individual is going to be involved with conversations with the insurance industry and they're not always going to get get the best advice. Yes. But certainly document everything. Um, If you have a way to take photographs of the the scene and the the damage and so forth, that's always smart to do. But I think what I see happen a lot is, is the advice the insurance company gives the property owner about where to take the shop, the ve- what shop to take the vehicle to. Okay. And it's usually met with, well, we, we give it a lifetime warranty and they kind of, you know, it almost scares the consumer into not going to perhaps a quality independent shop yeah. because of this warranty issue when really the independent shops back go back their work up much better and do better quality work than the direct repair shops. So I, I think uh, anytime you're given advice about where to take your property uh, to get it repaired by the insurance industry, it is because the insurance industry is going to end up paying less money because the repairs are not going to be as good a quality. Sure, yeah. they, have, they have vested interest in the outcome. Absolutely. You, yeah. So, John, do you think uh, all independent appraisers out, if I grab the, you know, I'm going to date myself saying the phone book, but if I if I went out and looked for an independent appraiser as a, as a consumer, are they all the same? No, absolutely not. I mean, there's appraisers that uh, are independent that have been doing it a couple of years, mm-hmm. and a lot of those independent appraisers, they're getting their business from the insurance industry to do appraisal work. Uh, I, I don't rely on the insurance industry to get my appraisal work. I rely on word of mouth and quality collision shops and the the legal community and so forth. So there is a huge difference. Yeah. And I have to say, John, I've I've really got to get a shout out for you because I really never would have thought of hiring uh, someone to look at the the value of what, um, if your car was totaled, what that would really be. And I can't remember if it was 4,000 or 8,000. I know it's a big spread, but it was in between that amount that you got for our husband when they totaled this truck and the difference um, in the the actual totaled value. So um, getting that expert advice and really understanding is an important um, uh, part of the process. So Jeff, I'd like to ask you, who should you get advice from regarding the repairs on your car? Well, I'll tell you, a long time ago, a very wise man gave the three golden rules, the three golden Uh rules of insurance claims. And number one, rule number one was never take advice from a party that owes you money. Yeah, good good advice. Paul is a, Paul's over here cracking up. Well, because the, 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 the wise man that gave me the golden rules is sitting right next to me oh, here, Mike Harbour. <laughs> <laughs> so I wrote it down, but he didn't get to it fast enough. Uh-huh. So, Mike, what's the second golden rule? You, 
Well, you don't take advice hey, who's from running some, this show. You me? don't take <laughs> advice from somebody that owes you money. The second one is you always communicate in writing with an insurance company. If uh-huh. it's not in writing, it never happened. And rule Makes number sense. three is very important because it says you always follow rule number one, one and, and rule two. number two. Love it, love it. So Jeff, where is the best place to get your car repaired? Well, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna kinda go back to what John okay. said is, uh, the insurance industry has a network of what they call preferred or specialty or pro shops, it, and it sounds great and they help them as having benefits, but here's the truth. Uh-huh. Um, those shops agreed to give a whole bunch of discounts to, to get the business. Yeah. Who's the, who's the, uh, Who's the customer at that repair facility? Well, it's the insurance company. That's how you got there, yes. right? An independent repair facility like Howry's Collision bases its its uh, business on its reputation. Mm-hmm. So we've got to stand on our own and have a good reputation, provide what people want, which is high-quality repairs. Yeah. And uh, we don't have financial incentives that we have to uphold to the insurance company. We don't we have to give them discounts. We chose not to. I did that 15 mm-hmm. years ago, and I got out of it because it put me in a place where I had to choose where my loyalties lie. And that meant my loyalties did, weren't going to lie with my customer if I stayed with the insurance network. Yeah. And I can tell you as a consultant and an expert where I inspect vehicles that are have been wrecked and repaired, um, the stats I have with the hundreds of vehicles I've inspected, the repair quality workmanship coming out of vehicle collision repair centers in our state and, and more across the country is really poor. It's abhorrent. And I would back that up with the world's biggest lawsuit just completed and was, you know, tried to verdict uh, on Monday. That verdict came out and this repair shop had improperly repaired a consumer's vehicle. And uh, the people were in an accident. They got hurt because the uh-huh. car didn't perform as Honda wow. had intended. Mm-hmm. And uh, these people sued. And they thought it was a Honda problem, and it wasn't. And they went after the repair shop. And north of $40 million lawsuit against this wow. auto repair facility. And what was shocking is the auto repair facility in deposition said that, well, the insurance company dictates the repairs, and we follow what they say. Uh-huh. Is I, that these, these people? Crazy. These people have no experience in repair. Yeah, Insurance companies don't fix cars. I, I will add that you know, <clears throat> if you, for example, own a Porsche and you're in an accident, and the insurance company recommends a direct repair facility. Uh-huh. That facility most likely is not going to be Porsche certified to do collision repairs on a Porsche. Yet, they want to f- push the warranty aspect of going to this shop as though that's an advantage when really the the best advantage is to take it somewhere where it's going to be fixed properly Mm -hmm. so the shop the vehicle can perform as good as the factory intends it to perform when it's in the next collision and in this 40 million dollar verdict that that honda fit did not perform as designed by the factory so i think it's interesting that these direct repair shops um aren't certified in all the manufacturers yet they're yet the business is getting pushed into those shops and the consumer yeah. doesn't know uh, wow. G- generally not certified by almost anything from what I know and yeah. thanks for the plug John Howries is one of the two Washington uh, Porsche certified collision centers <laughs> Well, I'm uh, being in the mortgage industry and in the real estate space, it kind of sounds the same as when you're buying new construction and the real estate site agent is working for the builder. So you always want to get your own representation and not use the site agent. So it kind of sounds just really familiar. You know, I I think something to be important to say before we go too far away from this is that the, the, the whole term independent adjuster, they use that 
and it's used very loosely, and it, it, I think it's very misleading because an independent, there's two types of adjusters in this state. There's an okay. independent adjuster and there's a public adjuster, and an independent adjuster represents the interest of an insurance company. So as a consumer, the insurance company says, we're going to send an independent adjuster out to look at your vehicle and determine what cost of repair. Mm-hmm. So you're thinking, oh, okay, well, they're independent. Well, they're not independent. They're working wow. for the insurance company. A public adjuster, on the other hand, works for the public. So the importance of having a public adjuster, not an independent. Just like that uh, that uh, reference you made in real estate, the, the yes, site appraiser. The site for, agent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I will say yeah. that I, I, work, I had a couple franchises, and I worked, uh, oh gosh, uh, 15 years uh, on the franchise side where we did a lot of uh, appraisal work for the insurance industry. But what was interesting is here I was, you know, an independent. However... When you'd get an assignment from one of the carriers, they would uh-huh. dictate to you what the labor rate was that you were to to write on the estimate, what the paint materials was, if there was aftermarket parts usage, uh, mm-hmm. uh, used parts, and the other discounts that are involved with these repairs. So how could you truly be an independent when you're told ahead of time, if you're going to accept the assignment, you must obey? Yes, yeah. And it's so interesting to hear behind the scenes. And that's why, you know, John, it's with you and the experience that you have being in the insurance industry behind the scenes and being able to see all of that uh, is really powerful for what, you know, you can bring forward in assisting uh, helping your clients. So, John, what factors uh, qualify a vehicle for diminished value? Uh, Well, whenever I... Uh, consider doing a diminished value appraisal. I, I'm going to qualify the case. I, I don't. I don't charge the consumer to qualify mm-hmm. it. I, I ask questions as far as the history of the vehicle and the severity of the damage. I ask if the law enforcement was involved to be able to determine if there's going to be a, a bad Carfax hit on the vehicle. Um, I find out if the vehicle's leased or if it's being purchased or if it's owned. Uh-huh. Um, uh, certainly, the value of the vehicle before the accident must be uh, established. It's important. Um, and then I appraise that value, and then I appraise the value of that vehicle just after the collision repairs are completed. Mm-hmm. But in, in, in the most simple terms, I mean, if you were a consumer and you were looking at two identical twin vehicles at a car dealership, say they're both 2016 models, okay. the asking price is 40000 on each vehicle. The one vehicle is a certified pre-owned used car. It's backed by the manufacturer of that mm-hmm. vehicle. It's never been in an accident, and it's 40000 And then the other vehicle, which looks the same, has a bad car fax. It has a $12,000 repair history, and that vehicle also is 40,000. I mean just in the in the in the common sense terms, what would the rational minded consumer choose? Yes. Uh-huh. For 40 grand. Of course. Uh, the dealer knows they have to discount those vehicles, but yes. I think anybody asking themselves, would I pay 40 grand for this vehicle with this history and a story uh-huh. to tell yeah. and I will also have to, you know, deal with this story when I go to sell this vehicle too. Yes. Yeah, interesting. Uh, any other comments, uh, Jeff? Well, d- diminished value is something that uh, generally the insurance industry says, I- I'm sorry, what? Diminished what? Yeah. We, yeah, I don't know anything about that, or we don't pay that. Um, that kind of goes back to uh, who you're taking advice from, mm-hmm. right? So calling a competent appraiser or, a, or an attorney that deals with these circumstances would help uh, the consumer know, what, what can I really recover 
uh, after an accident. And, I, and I, would say, I think I would defer to Paul with Galileo Law around the, the legal perspective. I can talk about appraisals, uh-huh. what I do to help consumers. Uh, but there's there's you know essentially law in Washington State for consumers to recover. What's what's that law, Paul? Well, I mean the. If a case goes to if a, if a diminished value claim goes to trial, the judge instructs the jury that a vehicle owner is owed the difference between the fair market value of the vehicle before the collision and after its repair. Mm-hmm. Um, it, qualifying a vehicle for diminished value has a lot more to do. It, it, it certainly has to do with qualifying the vehicle itself, whether that has a, a diminished value, whether it that has a viable diminished value claim. Um, there's all sorts of coverage questions, insurance coverage questions to be considered. There's uh, strategic considerations of where to file your lawsuit, whether mm-hmm. to file suit or negotiate with the insurance company. So from my perspective, uh, I defer to the experts in terms of whether a vehicle is going to uh, have diminished value. I have a pretty good sense at this point of what they're going to say, but there's a lot of landmines in navigating that kind of claim that sure. are, are better to steer clear of in the first place than to try to clean up the mess afterwards if you step on one. Yeah, makes sense. So great conversation I'm having with you guys. I'm going to take it to commercial, but we're going to come back and we're going to talk about, you know, how to protect yourself after a collision when we continue my conversation with our panel conversation about automobile appraisal, collision, and repair right here at 1150 AM KKNW after this short break. Did you know that your story is the secret tool that will make your brand come alive? Do you want to stand out with your customers, create a memorable website, or lead the way on social media? Sally Fox at EngagingPresence.com will show you how to use story power to connect with customers and make your message heard. Visit EngagingPresence.com and sign up for Sally's free tips and inspiration about developing story presence. And tell Sally you heard her on the Money Hour and receive a free 30-minute consultation about creating the story you need to make your business grow. This is Sally Fox of Engaging Presence, and I look forward to hearing from you. You can reach me at sally at engagingpresence.com or visit my website, engagingpresence.com. I have some treats for you on the site, including, if you send me an email, a special handout I've written for you on how to find great stories from your clients. Hi, this is Ian Tolmey with Caring Transition Seattle. Caring Transitions is the nation's largest professional network of estate sale, online auction, household relocation services. Whether you're moving across the country, around the corner, or simply downsizing and decluttering your home, Caring Transitions will reduce your mess and eliminate your stress. We're experts and we'll do what's right for your family. Call us today at 206-330-0878 or find us online at Caring Transition Seattle. Thank you. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. 
Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, October 7th show, bringing in expert advice and inside knowledge on today's events and our local economy and how it can affect your money. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. You can talk with the guests I have on the show by calling at one 855 411150 or going online at themoneyhour.com. And we're talking about automobile accidents. What do you do? How do you protect yourself? Um, we were kind of talking before I went to commercial about uh, diminished value. And you give a, a, a definition of what is diminished value. Diminished value, loss in market value of your property, the difference of value before the loss and after the loss. Paul? Good, good, yeah, uh, good I mean, description there. Well, I mean, when a, an automobile or a home or any property can suffer diminished value, mm-hmm. if, if there's a casualty loss, uh, the property will be repaired. But there's a chance that based on the nature of the damage under most circumstances, it will not be the same as it was before the collision. Yeah. Uh, an auto an auto body shop simply can't replicate most factory processes. So that residual damage uh, influences consumer behavior in the aftermarket and in in the pre-owned consumer market. So you're going to have a harder time liquidating that vehicle and its value is going to go down. And that is the collision has interfered with one of your fundamental property rights to liquidate your property at will for any reason or no reason at all. And damage to a right is the foundation of why you can bring a yep. civil claim. So making sure that you're actually compensated for that loss that you're going to have when you sell that that vehicle. So what about other areas that there are uh, in an accident claim? Well, so you're, you're talking about uh, maybe uh, the loss of use of your property. Mm-hmm. And uh, so something that I see is I my, my repair shop uh, does repair some high-end vehicles. And uh, in some of those claims, uh, the in a third party loss, when somebody runs into my client, um, they want to they want to provide a, a base model vehicle for somebody driving uh, a highline vehicle. So, uh-huh. for instance, you have a, a BMW or a Porsche or Mercedes, and uh, you have a, a, a significant collision. Your car's in the shop for weeks or months, uh, and you're in a small Econo box. You know, four seat belts, four seats, good enough. Um, there's there's uh, uh, there's foundation for for a recovery to be made whole. I think I think I'd let the the lawyer speak specifically about the law. I write appraisals about the value. Sure. Um, but there's I think that's an area Paul works in. How's yeah, the law come in, Paul? In, insurance companies are uh, absolutely convinced that mm-hmm. oh, all they owe is the same number of seatbelts, um, and it's Im- virtually impossible until a judge tells them otherwise to get them to pay otherwise. Sure. But uh, there's a good argument to be made that your right of quiet enjoyment in the vehicle, your right to use the vehicle is based on the nature of the vehicle, and so you're owed compensation for something comparable. Back in 1962, the Supreme Court of Washington defined loss of use to be your inconvenience, Mm -hmm. and giving you the same number of seatbelts makes up for inconvenience. But then in 1986, the legislature passed the Tort Reform Act and defined loss of use as an economic damage, something objectively verifiable not based on the inconvenience or lack thereof of a person, but based on an objective evaluation of the piece of property. So damaging a Ferrari is different than damaging a Nissan Sentra. And the loss of use of those two vehicles 
are different in terms of the severity of the claim you can bring. Makes sense. So, Paul, what about uh, uninsured motorist coverage and why it's important to have that in your policy? So, underinsured motorist coverage is a floating layer of coverage that protects on your own auto policy that -hmm. protects you if someone causes a collision and damages you to a greater extent than they have liability coverage to pay. Mm -hmm. It's important because the legislature established the minimum liability limits to be legal on the road decades ago. Uh, $10,000 for property damage does not go a long way anymore. Mm -hmm. $25,000 for injuries does not go very far since medical costs are escalating through the roof over the past 20 Uh years. Why haven't they updated those minimums? Good question. Yeah. <laughs> people, and then, uh, people are pursuing their legislators uh, to do it. Well, yeah, and, uh-huh. and, be, and because the legislature is, you know, busy tackling things like the Supreme Court telling them they have to fully fund schools and there's no money to do it. Yeah, I mean, it's just course. legislative yeah. priorities. Sure. Um, but the other reason is because people can protect themselves despite the fact that most people driving out on the road don't have enough insurance to cover a catastrophically injured individual or uh, repair and and pay the diminished value for a high-end automobile. Uh You can purchase coverage that's very good value for very high limits uh, for someone who's completely uninsured or for someone who doesn't have enough insurance. Your own insurance policy will step in and take over and make up the difference between what you damage you've actually suffered and mm-hmm. what you can collect from the person who caused the wreck. And that's the yeah. best insurance value there is. You okay. know, so often people are looking for ways to save money and they think, okay, well, we can drop that. And I've heard the, the explanation by agents. They'll say, well, you've got comp collision, so you've got coverage, so mm-hmm. you can drop that. It's no big deal. But there's so many people out there on the road, like Paul just said, that either are underinsured or have no insurance at all. Yeah. And so you get hit by somebody and then there's, you're, you're bound by the exclusions in your policy, whereas under the uninsured, underinsured portion of the policy, it's a little broader coverage. Significantly broader. Well, it doesn't extend more than just, I mean, like the the UIM uh, bodily covers you like in a, you know, next to your vehicle in a crosswalk. Yeah, I mean, for you know, take you take underinsured motorist bodily injury covered coverage for instance. It, the no fault coverage you can purchase is personal injury protection. It pays your medical bills. Uh-huh. Underinsured motorist bodily injury coverage pays the non-economic damages for the way the collision affects your quality of life. Pip is under no obligation to do that. Uh, collision coverage will repair your vehicle. It will not pay a diminished value claim underinsured motorist coverage will. Uh, you can get rent no-fault rental reimbursement coverage at a certain dollar rate per day, mm-hmm. but that's the most you can get. So if you have a vehicle and you want something comparable, uh, you need to look to your underinsured motorist coverage to make up the difference between the no-fault coverage you purchased and uh, the comparable vehicle that you rode. Got it. So let's talk about full coverage. Well, that's uh, I think I think I think full coverage is a myth. I think I would defer to Mike Harbor, the public adjuster, to talk about that coverage. Uh, um, th- I don't think there's any such thing as full coverage. That's that's just something that people say. Well, it, it, 
when you purchase insurance, it's like the cafeteria. I mean, you go in and you decide what you want. Uh And and if you just get the minimum that you're required by law in order to have the privilege of driving on our roads, you have to have 10,000 in liability, but that's all you're required. From there, you decide, okay, then what do you want? You want comp collision, you want PIP, you want uninsured motors, you want rental coverage. I mean, there's many different things that you can purchase that are part of your policy. So what is full coverage? I mean, if you go into your agent, and boy, nowadays it's online type stuff, so you have to be careful what you're buying. Um, But you go in and you, you purchase insurance and you just say, well, you want full coverage. And I'm finding that they're leaving off the uninsured motorist really? because it's a well it's a loser for the insurance companies yeah. it's it's cheap it's the cheapest coverage there is and <laughs> the insurance companies don't like it because it's it is a loser for them mm-hmm. um, but it's something that you really should have and I encourage people that's that's one of the most important things to have in your so having a full portfolio. coverage plus the uninsured yeah. well m- more importantly when clients come to me and I ask them about their own coverages that uh-huh. we can use for a, a collision and they tell me they have full coverage my first answer is no you don't yeah wow it That's doesn't scary. exist yeah, there is no such thing as full coverage is there a box you can check that no, says full coverage absolutely not right. you need to understand exactly what products you are purchasing break down the insurance mm-hmm. policy into what is available and what you are choosing to purchase intending to purchase full coverage, saying that you're purchasing full coverage is the wrong paradigm to approach that problem. It's like a cafeteria. You have to pick from the menu what you want. You know, and Mm -hmm. and unfortunately, I mean, who likes to go home and (laughs) when you you get home from a long day at work and you're going to go home and you're going to pick up your insurance policy and you're going to read it, right? I mean, you just don't do that. My husband would. Well, he's the only one. Well, yeah, he probably is the only one. Um, But, you know, what happens is you don't look at it until you need it. And then all of a sudden you find out, uh uh-oh, I thought we had full coverage. And then come to find out, oh, yeah, well, they dropped that off and it was $80. Yeah. Well, Mike, wow. Mike, as a as an insurance expert, um, maybe you can speak to this a little more. Um, are all all insurance policies because you buy it on price, right? Uh, that's what you should do is buy the cheapest policy, and they're all the same, right? You get what you pay for, just like anything <laughs> just else. Just like anything else. Yeah. But, so policies aren't the same. No, they're not. Right. So when you buy coverage, you have to know what you're buying, and just because coverage A, I mean, insurance A says it's a hundred bucks a month and insurance B says it's 120. Yeah. Doesn't mean you're getting the same things. Even if the coverage amounts, liability, collision are the same, the terms and conditions in the policy are different. So I'm insured with PEMCO. Uh In my opinion, the best insurance company locally out of almost every company I've ever dealt with or, you know, seen claims managements with. I went and read my policy, met my agent. I know what I bought there. Yeah. I've got really good coverage from a company, I believe, and continue to see, uh, make good claims payments and act in good faith. Uh, there's a laundry list of other companies I wouldn't choose to have insurance with because I've read the policy. Sure. I see how they settle claims. So I think it's important consumers understand policies are not the same. Yeah. So for my listeners listening right now and thinking, well, gosh, I got to go back and I've got to you know, make sure that I've got the right coverage. What would your, your call to action and their advice to them to make sure that they understand you know, what they have? Obviously, reading through the, the whole thing, but who can they get advice from? Well, I, I think uh, a public adjuster like Mike is 
an expert mm-hmm. in claims, and and Paul as a uh, an attorney that works in the area of, of ins- you know insurance claims and a policy expert. Uh, what's the CPCU designation? So, Paul? in terms of purchasing insurance, if you're going to find an agent, try to find one who has a designation called the Chartered Property Casualty Underwriter, the CPCU. Okay, that's an and that is a. A, a program that an agent or an attorney or a claims adjuster can go through that exhaustively explains available coverages. Okay. So you can get good advice from that individual. That's um, that's great. Oh, great I'm, advice. I'm, I'm a CPCU, uh-huh. and in, in a nutshell, what I tell people is buy all the insurance you can really afford. You know, yes. it's a balancing test. Sure. Don't go overboard. Sure. Um, but at the same time, you know, have high liability limits because there are Ferrari driving yep. Ferraris driving out there. Yep. Yeah. Uh, have underinsured motorists. Get Makes that sense. little bit of extra personal injury protection for fifteen dollars every six yep. months. It can yeah. come in handy. So we've got just a couple minutes here and I wanna kinda wrap up and talk about how do you protect yourself after a car accident. John, what would you how would you answer that? Well, my first instinct is is to protect yourself before the accident to become become informed and to understand the process and you know uh, I I had a claim a few years back and I was very clear with the insurance company that I had a shop that I wanted to have my property repaired at but they asked me three other times after that Mm -hmm. and wanted me to take it to one of their direct repair shops. So I think it's just real important that you question the body shop, maybe call a dealership, get some referrals, go online, Mm -hmm. but you know, make sure that that body shop is truly going to repair your car in a quality manner and not be concerned about so much how they're going to please the insurance industry and how many jobs the insurance industry is going to funnel into that shop so they can, you know, keep their their processes going. Remember the yeah. three rules. Yes. Don't take advice from somebody who owes you money. Uh-huh. Do everything in writing with an insurance company yes. and follow rule number one and yeah. rule number two. And, it, you know, it, everybody's busy. Everybody's got their own life. Yeah. And all of a sudden you get this interruption of an accident. And if you just remember those three rules, it will save you a lot of grief. Yeah. The other Jeff. thing you can do is go get free legal advice. Um, almost every single attorney who handles motor vehicle collision claims uh, offers free consultations. Okay, I spend at least an hour a day giving out free legal advice to people whose cases I am not going to take but who yeah. have problems. Just call a lawyer. There's usually <laughs> I, no obligation. I'd probably give out two or three hours every day advice. <laughs> 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 you guys are awesome. Well, I, so, Jeff, as we're wrapping things up here, what's your final? So kind of piggybacking on what uh, John said, um, uh-huh. that a, a collision repair facility that is under that is a preferred shop from the insurance company, they have a contract. They have a contract to use specific parts. They have a contract to meet the mandates of the insurance company. Mm-hmm. That makes that body shop, you know, they're an agent of that insurance company. Their interests and loyalties lie there, mm-hmm. not with you, yes. right? So you know the yeah. difference. Uh- Regarding protecting yourself after an accident, one of the first things that Paul said, or I think you asked a question about do insurance companies uh, uh, handle claims based on their merits or leverage? Mm-hmm. And Paul's mm-hmm. answer was without, you know, a question leverage yeah so uh, protecting yourself after an accident if you cannot prove who's liable you not somebody else if you can't prove another party's liable um, it's likely we're in a comparative negligence state that means liability can be split mm-hmm. uh, you will 
in rear end accidents, somebody rear ends you, you could you could be blamed for part of it. And if you can't prove it, you got World War Three on your hands. I yeah. I had a loss myself last year. Uh, I was in the turn lane, got rear-ended. The first thing I did, you know, once I knew it was safe for me to get out of my car, it wasn't 10 seconds before I was out of my car, and I had photos of that accident scene from multiple angles and then the vehicles. But I knew I could prove that I was where I was, where the other party was, and I had photos to prove that. And then I got the information from the other party, which included their driver's license. Yes. Honestly, I have good coverage. I don't care what their insurance card says. I care about who they are, and my insurance company can go get reimbursement from them when I file a claim under my coverage so I'm protected. Yeah, makes sense. So I really appreciate you guys coming in. It was a great uh, conversation uh, here uh, around uh, automobile accidents, what you do with the appraisal and the collision. And really, I mean, the takeaway here is to make sure that you um, uh, know, understand what type of insurance that you have, the protection that you have and that you don't have, and really consult with an expert um, that know understands how to, to coach you and know your rights. So thank you, all of you, for coming into studio. Yeah, you're very welcome. Thank you. And this is your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, signing off for the day. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. I look forward to talking with you same time, same place, right here at 1150 AM at KKNW. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC. The views expressed by the speakers on the preceding program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC.